Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, this is your boy East Coast Trev. We are back at the Spring Spring. Yep, yeah, we're doing real good already. Springfield Sportsman <laughs> Show here in Springfield, Massachusetts. I'm actually joined by some other podcasters. I'll let them go around table and kind of introduce themselves. Uh, Pat Guyette, Hunt Suburbia Podcast. Actually, I was thinking about we're going to flip it and we're going to interview you. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> Jason Alex uh, with Northeast Hunt and Film Podcast. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me on this one. I know it's uh, this could get a little reckless, but how's the show so far, guys? It's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. It's a good show. How about for you, Patrick? It's good, yeah. Just I'm promoting the Hunt Stock event that we're putting on that uh, you're going to be at, and we're super looking forward to it. Um, selling a couple tickets and just getting the word out. It's been a lot of fun, man. Well, you know, you brought it up. Why don't you just go into it and kind of tell a little bit about it? I know that our listeners have kind of talked, to, heard about it. Well, I've talked about it just a little bit, but why doesn't the man himself kind of talk about it a little bit? Because I'm very excited about it. Yeah, Huntstock is just um, it's a, a new look on hunting shows. You know, everybody's been to a million different hunting shows. Most of them are indoors. They're in a place like this, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But I want to do something a little bit different, do it outdoors, have it be a little bit like a music festival. But instead of having concerts and bands, it's you guys up on stage doing podcasts. And so we're going to have seven, eight different podcasters there, um, maybe more by the end of it, but Big Woods Bucks will be there. My podcast on Suburbia, yours Outdoor Drive, uh, Jason's Northeast Hunt and Film. Gosh, there's more. Crossbow Hunting Podcast. Just Hunt Club's going to be there. Just Hunt Club. Bunch of the YouTube pages. Yep. So just kind of like a community feel where everybody can get together in the summertime, drink some beers, shoot 3D archery yep, course. 3D archery shoot. Yeah. So we got to bring our bows. Bring oh, your yeah. bows, man. Bring your bows. Uh oh, that could get kind of dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the farmer did say he's like, we got to make sure that you know people aren't drinking and shooting their bows. We'll figure out how to do that. We're grown men. We'll yeah, figure it yeah, out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. wouldn't be the first time. But I'm from Vermont. I might be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Vermont. I do what I want. <laughs> yep. Is, is Vermont one of those states like a live free die kind of state, or is it? Oh yeah. No, that's that's New Hampshire's claim, yeah. but. Vermont's the real deal. Vermont's just the other side of the river. Jeez, and it gets that wild up there. You never yeah. been to Vermont, man? I don't, man, I, not really. No, I skip right through it and go right to Maine. We got to get you to Vermont. You don't have to hunt there because the hunting isn't great. Right. There's good turkey hunting and stuff with the deer oh, hunting. Really good turkey hunting. Yeah. See, I'm a turkey really hunter turkey by hunting. heart. Like yeah. I can care less about a deer. I'm a turkey hunter. Are you going to Total Archery Challenge? I forget if I asked you. I don't think I'll be able to because it's in the summer and working yeah. on the boat and stuff. It's tough for me to get there, but. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll make the 
Are you guys gonna go? Well, he's. Yeah. I think he's buying a table, and I was thinking maybe splitting it with him. And he, yep. he just mentioned that it's still during turkey season. Yeah. Oh, so, and so it's might, really good turkey hunting around there. So we it's might. It's right climb at a ski up. resort. Yeah. So you might talk me into it. You might have just talked me into going. And at those higher elevations, it's at the end of May, but it's the same thing as if it was like a week and a half before that. Because it's higher up, they just go back in time a little bit. Hmm. I'm telling you. That's an interesting thing. And Total Archer Challenge is right on a mountain. Yep. And uh, we could just go early, real early, get up there at 3 a.m., do a morning turkey hunt, descend down the mountain, and work the booth. Jeez. Could be kind of fun. I don't know. See, yeah. that sounds like a good time. See, you know, we they call this, you know what they call this? Um, the boys from Rut River Outdoors, they call this cross-podcation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? And I love it, it. I think it's such an important thing that that the industry definitely needs is like-minded young dudes like us that have gotten into podcasting and work together with one another. It is such a, a very, very important part of everything that we do, honestly. You know, there's so many industries out there where a new competitor pops in and they look at them like a competitor. Podcasting is not like that, yeah. especially for hunters, because hunters can always listen to more content. There's not enough, there's especially not, around the Northeast. Right. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't listen to all the podcasts and, and run out, you know, like you said, they're an hour and a half long. Right. And there's, there's 24 hours in a day. Like my buddy Jake, he can listen to them all day long at work. Yep. Works in a machine shop. So if he only listened to your podcast, he'd have a pretty boring day. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be done. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be done in like, you know, the first week, right? And same thing. You could blow through all of my podcasts in a week, all your podcasts right. in a couple of weeks. You've been doing yeah, it a lot longer yeah. than us. What is your story, man? Like, I don't really want to flip it on you and ask, but you're, you're we working are on a boat. You. What, do you, what do you do on a boat, man? So what do I do on a boat? I'm, I'm actually, I'm a mate on a charter boat. Really? I've been doing it for quite some time now. Um, that's my actual day job. So I do that in the summer, and then I have a little taxidermy business here in the winter. In, so. in Connecticut, you're on a boat? Yeah. Yep. Out of Groton. So I do a lot of striper fishing, ground fishing. Um, that's that's about it, man. That's sweet. Yeah. It's cool. It's a little bit different, man. It, it opens up my hunting season so I can hunt turkey season. Cause I don't go back to work until, say, June 1st, and I work till about, I don't know, when it starts to get cold. October 15th, October 30th maybe I'll cut out, and then just get to hunting. Perfect. It's kind of fun. It's something different, you know. That sounds good. Yeah, it is. It's not bad, right? So. I love striper. I mean, I've only been a couple times, but it's a lot of fun to catch stripers, especially big stripers. That's oh, like yeah. we're known for catching big stripers, and it is so much fun when you see somebody for the first time catch their first big striper and it's over fifty pounds. It's incredible, dude. Like just to be part of that. It's like it's honestly like being at hunt camp every day of my life. Yeah. It's just the enjoyment of people and just seeing them do that. It's. It's definitely, it's definitely a good time, for sure. What's the major method? Are you jigging a lot or trolling? we do a lot of trolling? Trolling, yeah, a lot of trolling. You, Snapping there, wire. Are there times where you do stop and jig or like what? Because like, so my buddy Scotland is a big fisherman. He's getting more and more into lake trout now. Yeah. And uh, same kind of thing where a lot of people catch lake trout trolling. Mm -hmm. But what he's finding out more and more is you catch more trout when you troll. But you catch bigger ones when you jig because you can set the size of the jig and you're ruling out. You're not catching uh, sub-mature right. fish. You're only catching mature fish if you're jigging with a, with a big bait. Yeah. And I wonder if it's the same thing with uh, striper. So on the lure, so depending, so we actually jig while trolling, right? So we're snapping wire. And a lot of the times if you're using, say, a bigger jig or you get it down a little bit 
above this uh, below the school you'll get a lot of bigger fish there's certain color cord different colors that will will actually target bigger fish um, sometimes if we're not snapping wire and we put on an umbrella rig or a tubing worm or whatever we can really target those bigger fish and try and put bigger fish so what, what we'll try to do is we're snapping wire at first we'll fill the box with you know the 28 to 35 inches and then we'll we'll switch it over and we'll put on a tubing worm and try and catch them what we call a slaunch donkey and see what <laughs> happens you know what i'm saying I might ones. have to hit you up about that because I've never been. <laughs> Come on, really? Striper fishing, but I got a bunch of buddies that have been mm-hmm. off like the coast of Mass and stuff, and it it's a blast. Dude, it you can catch like stripers fun. in the Connecticut River, can't you? I don't know. They come up there. to Connecticut. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. they do. Probably certain areas. They do up well up until the first dam, wherever right. that is, which so, is down down here somewhere, right? Probably. So Holyoke is a little bit north of us, so that is the first dam. That is? That is the first dam. But they catch stripers all the way up, almost. Where I am, I live right on the border. I'm in New Hampshire, but I'm, like, look across the Connecticut River into Vermont, and there's giant walleye where I am. Easy, easy, easy. Don't tell too many people about that. Don't give up your spot. Especially especially our listeners. They love big walleye for some reason and always trying to bother me for that stuff. So be easy what you say. There. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I was just we about like to, to say there's, all there's, the about, information. there's about 20 miles of it, so yeah. But they figure <laughs> it out. Find me, but yeah. <laughs> so, so whereabouts are so? So you're up on the New Hampshire border, up yep. that way. You do a lot of fishing up there, or not a lot. I got a boat. I do some trolling for like rainbows and stuff, and um, that's like do the, some off, offshore fishing. Once you get north of here, that's what everybody does. It's trout fishing. Yeah. Why, what is the fascination with that? I'll park the boat and bass fish around areas. and uh, I don't know. It's it's just fun to putt around. and, and uh, Just preference. Yeah. Really? Trout's, a lot of, trout's good. I love eating it. Trout's great, but personally for me, too, like I, I love smallmouth bass fishing. Yeah. And I love pike. I love catching those toothy bastards, dude. This so cool. aggressive, fight hard. Yeah. Yep. That's like a smallmouth. Smallmouth, probably pound for pound, is probably one of my favorite favorite yeah. catching fish pound for pound shallow, shallow the waters fighters for sure mm-hmm. yeah they got those big auger tails like a carp would do and they just fight to the death especially in the cold water yeah you fish a lot of them in the connecticut river or is there other lakes I've, and stuff no i've never fished connecticut river um i grew up in rutland vermont i mean i i fish the otter creek it has some really nice pike but the best fishery my favorite place to fish is lake champlain yeah oh my god beautiful what a mix of places awesome awesome place it's like that's like a mini ocean in itself it is it used to be it used to be covered in ocean 150 million years ago there's actually they found whale skeletons in there um and there's old dinosaur skeletons and all around it because back when the water levels were higher the ocean came all the way into lake champlain came down the st lawrence sea seaway um you know from from up north and, where do you learn all these it. random facts you were Quick, filled fa- with them. Fact check them. Google. Yeah, Wikipedia or something. I don't yeah, know. Dude, Deep that's dives. awesome. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. I, I would have never even thought that that would have happened for Lake Champlain. I think the oldest fossil of a living organism in America is in Lake Cham- was in the Lake Champlain Valley. You'd need to fact check me on that one. But <laughs> I think no I need. I, it's fact checked. No, that's you, you fa- said that's it. a fact. Yeah, it's definitely a fact, man. So why don't... Patrick, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast, how it started, and kind of what 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 you do on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I grew up in Vermont, hunting Vermont woods, big woods. I have a deer camp mentality. I've had a deer camp that's been in my family um, since the '50s, and 
every I've never missed an opening weekend there. I mean, in Vermont, the the culture and the heritage is strong for hunting. It's mm -hmm. a it's a holiday opening weekend. Um, everybody's out, and uh, so I've been. I, all I did for the first 20 years of my hunting career was go to my camp, and I never hunted anywhere except for the woods around my camp because the tradition there was so good, so strong, and it was all about that camaraderie of deer camp. It wasn't about finding big deer or anything like that. It was just going to camp, having fun with the family. So, I, you know, there's deer few and far between there. I'd kill a deer every three years, three, every four years, a small buck or a, or a doe, and that was the level of success. But I've been in Boston area for 10 years now, came down for work. But three years ago, I decided I need to, I need to start scouting around here more. I hear there's good hunting, and uh, so I got into bow hunting because around the suburbs, you need to use a bow. And COVID hit, so it was like a whole bunch of things. COVID hit, which gave me a ton more time to practice with a bow, to scout. I wasn't commuting into Boston all the time anymore. So I started the podcast, Hunt Suburbia podcast, just to kind of document that journey of me learning as a bow hunter and completely changing my hunting tactics from Big Woods, Vermont to little small patches of suburban hunting. And it's been a lot of fun. I got to interview so many good hunters and it's made me a better hunter. What do you think is the best thing that has come out of you having a podcast? The network and the knowledge that you learn, just meeting people like you guys. Um, all, the, all the guys that I've been fortunate enough to interview, I mean, Lanny Benoit is an absolute legend. Legend. From the legendary Benoit family, just sitting down with him for three hours was incredible. Um, come to find out, he's got a, a lake house just about a mile away from my dad's lake house in Lake Champlain, so, you know, he and I became pretty fast friends, and just meeting people like that, you know, that if I never started a podcast, it, it wouldn't have happened, and just leaps and bounds a better hunter from it so for all the listeners that are listening in that haven't heard of you what would be your number one episode for you to have them go and listen to if they if you're a tracker you hunt big woods and you're interested in that stuff definitely go listen to the Lanny benoit interview um that's the first one i did on video too it's on my my youtube page um just type in Lanny benoit living legend and that pops up um and if you're like bow hunter suburban stuff listen to the one with neil pendleton and pat burns both tremendous hunters um they don't just hunt suburbs but they do a lot of uh, bow hunting suburbs and they kill some giants so jason i'm going to kick it over to you buddy real quick tell us a little bit about your project and what you're doing and uh so that the listeners kind of know what's going on with you man yeah well uh <clears throat> i got into hunting a little later in life i was 22 and i'm 33 now I grew up around it. My uncles all hunted by just, I rode dirt bikes and stuff, and my life was kind of built off like instant gratification, and I thought sitting in the woods was kind of boring, but got into it later in life and uh, uh, found tracking, which I, I love a lot. It's my favorite way to hunt by far is following a buck through the mountains in the snow. Um, and you get to follow Timmy Bullduck and yeah, some I really do. good hunters. I, I reached out in 2019 to uh, the Big Woods Bucks crew, Hal Blood's crew, and because uh, they said on a podcast, they're like, hey, looking for, you know, someone to tag along and film, and, you know, I already did a little bit of editing. I had just started my YouTube channel, and uh, Timmy called me back a couple days later and uh, said, yeah, let's do it, and then that first year, he ended up shooting, shooting this just giant buck. It was 217 pounds, but just the rack on it was crazy it looked like an elk and uh and baseball bats coming out of his head yeah that deer is nuts yeah and uh on a tracking 
Yeah. Well, we weren't we weren't on its track. We were circling this piece because we thought it might have left. We we're trying to figure out if it was still in that piece or had left, or, we, or might have been wasting our time. And we were just circling around. He just looked to his left, and I'm filming him from behind. He looked to his left and then snapped his head back again, looked back down, and I looked down, and that thing was just getting up out of its bed. And I've never in my life seen a deer that big. In fact, the doe that was with it, with that buck, was easily 170 pounds. Jeez. Because this, this is northern Maine. And I can't just, believe that you were filming him at when this happened. Yeah. And he got two shots off, hit him on the second shot, and, um, yeah, the rest of his history. That video, you got to mention, it's on the Big yeah, Woods it's Bucks on, page. If you go on Big Woods Bucks' YouTube channel, it's called 11-15-19. That's wow. the date he shot it on. That's he, did, he doesn't name his deer, so... I, he just did dates him out. Well, I just came up with that because it had to have a name. And then I also filmed uh, one of the team members, Lee Shans. Uh, he drew a moose permit after 40 years of applying, and he shot a Boone and Crockett moose on the second to last day. That one's called uh, Luck of the Draw. So that Jeez. film's on there, too. Here, That's here's crazy. a picture of that buck if you had not seen it. What I mean, in the world? It's not downloading in HD right now, but... <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. It's for, that thing is as wide as it is tall. The, the mass is like that. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. The base is bigger than the, the, the receiver of the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. What in the world That's is a, that It's thing? a 7600-30-06, yeah. Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Same thing. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I bow hunt, bro. <laughs> I don't even know what a rifle is. Timmy don't shoot shotguns, does no. he? <laughs> he used to turkey hunt, I think, in a previous life. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, yeah, and uh, so what? Is, so 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 what is some of the the leaps and bounds of of your podcast or? Um, well, kind of like Pat said, just like networking and, and, and meeting people, and you know, I got a do- a guy that wants to donate money, just to like because he him. likes the content and he, you know, just wants to help out, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of started it um, as an addition to my YouTube channel plus. Um, you know, like it, just to pick people's brains and, and, and network with them and, and learn, you know, rather than like blowing up their phone on social media, like sit down and have a conversation right. like this. And that way more people can learn from it. And yeah, I just, so if, if, if the listeners of the outdoor drive want to go and find you, what would be the best one for them to listen to? Um, probably the one with the most information, um, is anything with, uh, Jeremy Ballantyne. I think I got three out there with him, and he's just a he's a Vermont boy, and he's just he just gets it done every single year. And you know, he killed four mature bucks last year. And uh, you know, if, as far as a knowledge standpoint, where you want to get your pad and paper out, yeah, any one of those. Those are the ones, yeah. huh? Especially in the tracking world, because that seems like to be like he, the he big kill, jump here. He kills them like, yeah, any any way. I don't Bow think hunts, a, tracks, all that. I don't think a lot of people understand the skill set that comes with being a deer tracker. You learn a lot about deer and deer behavior, and you learn, like, it helps in, in every other aspect. You know, Hal Blood said, if you can kill a, a mature buck in Maine on the snow consistently every year, everything else around the country just gets easier. Yeah, that's true. That's insane. Because, I mean, there's, there's A, less deer. Or yeah. big mature deer. So yeah. when you're on them, you're on them. Yeah. That dude's a beast. How Blood is a beast. We had him yeah, on the podcast, no and it was one of the best podcasts, honestly, that I've had. Just learning about the tracking thing. Did you grow up also tracking? 
No, not really. I was around my camp. You know, it's big woods, but it wasn't huge woods. It's right. 4,000, 5,000 acres. Now, you might think if people listen to their suburban hunters, that's a big patch of woods. You can't really track on 4,000 acres. You could get lucky, but that buck, I mean, he's going to have a home range of 15, 20,000 acres. You, yeah. don't, you push him onto somebody's posted land or a farm you can't hunt or something. It's not not really great. You need really yeah, big that's swaths the, of woods. The thing about tracking is you you got you need you need elbow room because like I've tried to track in smaller pieces that like big enough to track. But like he said, I was across it and into a posted sign before I knew it. It was just over. And then now the deer's gone, and yeah. that's you got to you turn around. You got to go do it. Yeah, and you just yeah. walk miles to try and find him, yeah. and now he's gone. Miles, literally miles. Yeah. When they say there's no e-bikes where you guys are going, no, no. <laughs> I I followed Neil Pendleton with a with a camera, and you did too this year, but in in the same area. But uh, I wanted to film a tracking hunt just to see. And Neil put on a lot. I think we did 13 miles, 12.9 yeah. miles that day, and I was I was beat. I was beat up and down steep mountains. There were a couple times my legs were cramping up. But That's steep country out there too. What that really does though is it it expand. It allowed me to like know that. All right, I used to think six miles on a day was a big, a long day, but it's not now. Six miles was half of that day, pretty much, and I found a second wind. No, I know that I can push myself, and I can do a 10-mile day, 12-mile day, and we'll be fine. That's the biggest thing about tracking. It's just you got you got to be able to put on miles and just get through that first barrier where you're, like, afraid to go too far and you got a long walk back. You can do it. Your legs are going to make Yeah. And those guys all talk about how they went in a mile into public to go and chase a buck, and you guys are doing 15 to 20 miles a day. Four Did miles you? before you find a track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I couldn't even imagine Sometimes all like, day. And not even. On fresh snow, you'll go, I'll make a 10-mile loop. Maybe cut a doe track. Oh, that day that Neil and I were out there, we did 13, and we didn't. I mean, we only followed a track for maybe half a mile, and it was an old track. Like, we, didn't, we never cut a fresh one. Jeez, that yeah. is nuts. I couldn't even imagine that. I mean, like where I come from is not yeah. even. If you were to work 13 miles, you would have went through 25 posted stamps. <laughs> you would have been in jail by then. No, that's not <laughs> happening where I come from. Not yeah. even in the. You would probably come across 10,000 tracks, but you're not. I mean, you, yeah, not good. That's wild, man. It kind of it kind of just levels the playing field because they have such an advantage, and when they're when the population's so low, and it often snows during hunting season during rifle season. I mean, it's it's a pretty effective way to, to get on them, and you know you know that there's a deer in front of you. You're not waiting for it to come by. I mean, we do stand hunt and right. enjoy it. Of but, course. Um, do you sit a long time to even see a deer, or? Yeah, you, you'll sit <laughs> <laughs> where I am, dude. You'll sit days. Really? And yeah. then then that the you know the group of does in the area works through. And then you see the does. Yep. And then maybe there's a buck. Maybe there's not. Usually not. No, yeah. that's nuts. It's more like what Brett Joy. If you watch any Just Hunt Club stuff, yeah. like Brett Joy will sit in the same stands in the big He's woods. He's a beast. Of, about he'll it. do it for seven or eight days, ten days straight. Sometimes all day sitting six. in the same stand all day, dark to dark, ten degrees, zero degrees, and just loves it. But then you get a mature buck within ten days if you're sitting in the right funnel spots in the big woods. If you have enough patience and you can do that, dark to dark, you'll. It's 100% guaranteed. You'll get a buck if you can do that every day. I don't think there's enough tree stand stacks for me to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there day, is. Day nine, he comes through at night. 
Jeez, that's wild. It's I not think, for everybody. Is that why? Is that why the northern deer camps was such a big thing? It was just the camaraderie of everything because you knew you weren't going to shoot one. Absolutely. Yep. The poker, the beer, <laughs> the beer drinking, food is just yeah, it goes bullshit. more of a party camp. <laughs> Jeez, and, but is. Have you found that that's kind of like dying off that whole deer camp type thing up there, or is everybody still kind of doing it? It's not in Vermont, but I bet you the further south you go, it's dying off more. Yeah. And in Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, that culture I think is the Pennsylvania big deer camp culture. Yeah, you know. It's Do you see really, the young blood getting into it though? Yeah, only I think more so in hunting camp culture because it's hard to leave that once once you once you grow up in that culture, mm-hmm. you want to do it and pass it down to your kids and. It's like that's really hard to die off. It's because yeah. we have we have uh, Mike Salter who does our news for our crews, and he he has a camp in Vermont, and he always talks about the camaraderie, the love, and the passion of deer camp. But it for us, like like you said, as you start to come south, that's kind of like a dying thing. Nobody really does it. Like nobody does it by me. That's not a thing. Deer camp's not a thing. That's where the competition is instilled, and now everybody's kind of every man for themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be like that. I, I like the deer camp feel and going and doing those things. I mean, I think that's one of the most important things of deer season. I mean, 100%. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, boys, I got one last question before we tie this thing up, man, and we'll go around table on it. But uh, we ask everybody this is, what drives you outdoors, Pat? <laughs> Uh, adventure and peace of mind. Oh, that's the a whole, good one. The whole, yeah, the whole mental health aspect, man. There's nothing better for your mental health than getting outside and doing whatever it is that you love to do. But hunting, it, it's for me. Hunting, shed hunting, scouting. I love being in the woods, man. That's awesome. How about you, Jason? I just hate being inside. <laughs> I literally, literally Damn, like good. my whole life. Like my mom said when I was a kid, in the rain outside, and I wasn't allowed to go outside. I'd just stand at the window and just cry. <laughs> like. I hate being inside. If, I, if I'm I inside longer that. than, like, five hours, I'll get a headache. No joke. i got to get outside. So my whole life's been outside doing everything, snowboarding, skateboarding, dirt bikes, now getting into hunting and just – I'll just wander around, you know. I see where the tracking comes in with yeah, you. Yeah, i got that wander lost. <laughs> <laughs> just straight go through the woods. Yeah, so – well, boys, I don't think it's going to be the last time that we uh, we have headsets on with microphones in front of us. We're really nope. looking forward to Huntstock, man. I, I, yeah. If you guys have not even heard of it or anything, where's the website for them to get on over there and check this thing out so they can all be there? Yeah, you come see all three of us. All three of our podcasts will be there. It's going to be a bunch more podcasts. Um, but uh, if you follow me on Instagram, at Hunt Suburbia, there's a link right there in the bio to where to get tickets. You can just search Huntstock uh, on Google. It'll pop up. But tickets are being sold on eventbrite.com. Okay. Uh, Bright, B-R-I-T-E. Yeah, Huntstock, it's August 12th, 13th, and 14th in Westminster, Mass. It's going right. to be an awesome time. In the info for this, I, I will actually put the link below here, guys, so you guys can actually get on that. But for Sweet. everybody else, man, uh, where can you find you also, Jason? Um, I'm on Instagram, Northeast Hunt Film, and uh, on YouTube, Northeast Hunt and Film. Uh, Facebook, Jason Alex. Uh, podcast is on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Do you want to give me your phone number too? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's uh, eight six seven five three zero nine. Tidy whitey size small. I'm just you kidding. Want to send man. me some underwear? <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Well, for everybody else, man, check these boys out. Great guys. They're doing great things. And uh, for everybody else, man, thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive. Yeah. That's the fun part of it.